0: Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday! And thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the DraftKings app today. Use the promo code CHAIL. That will get you in on all the action. All right. UFC 273 is officially in the books. And man, there is a lot to talk about. Coming up later, I'm going to tell you what I think is next for Hazmat Chimaev and Alexander Volkanovsky. But before that, I want to give you guys my immediate reaction from the three biggest fights of the weekend, beginning with Burns versus Chimaev. Chemayev versus Burns. Guys, where should we begin? Like, thinking of a word to describe how much I valued and appreciated a fight. I've appreciated fights before. Have I ever valued one? Remarkable could be a, a good word. It was very hard. Now, don't forget the setup, okay? Dana gave us a real treat, which was he told us what happens to the winner. The winner is going to go into a mega fight on ABC, right? Network television opposite Colby Covington. So now you're watching the fight and it doesn't matter if, it, if it's a jab, it doesn't matter if it's a body kick, it doesn't matter if it's a takedown or if it's defense to any of those things. You can't help but ask yourself what would happen if that were Colby? And we all thought we were going to go into it to see how Colby's going to match up with Shemaya. Burns had other ideas Burns came to fight. This was a remarkable display of will in front of everything else. There was a time when Burns, one of my favorite parts of the whole spot, Burns goes down, Chamayev is on top, and Burns is hurting. He falls in a bad position. He's already cut. He's got to be tired. And he just starts throwing up fists. Chamayev's raining down shots. They're all connecting. Burns never takes a minute to defend. He never covers, he never goes for, he just starts throwing back whatever he's got, which happens to be this back fist to Chemayev coming down. It was, it, it was one of the great spots of the fight because that moment told the story of the fight. Make no mistake, Chemayev is as good as advertised. Some of you in your mind didn't understand what that meant. You thought there's a human being out there, and this will never go away, where the fan or the viewer will think that there's somebody that's so good, they can put you on your finger and spin you around like a basketball. Like that belief will never end. And we're always in sports searching for that person. The reality is they don't exist. Chimaev was as good as advertised. He's never been to a second round. He went all three tonight. Oh, and by the way, pushing the pace. That conditioning we were all promised was there. There was a visible size discrepancy between the two. I have a hard time saying that. You guys have seen it. I'm copying your narrative. It was out there. I saw it with my own eyes though. The reason I have a hard time with that is Gilbert Burns is not a small 70-pounder. Chumayev is not a huge 70-pounder. And they both weighed in 24 hours ago at 170. How do you say one of them is bigger? And if we would have put them on a scale, they were both probably about 180 to 182 tonight. They were within a kilo, kilo and a half of each other. But it looks different, right? I mean, 260 on Francis Sengano doesn't look like any of us if we got up to 260. there's a difference. So the mere fact that Burns was able to stuff those takedowns that made Shemayev wrestle. Wrestling is not coming out and going for a double leg. That's a takedown attempt. Wrestling is when the double leg is stopped. What do you do off of that? It's called a reshot. It's called a scramble. It's called an attack to a re-attack. That's wrestling. A double leg takedown to a finish is a wrestling technique. It's different. So Chemayev showed this. He showed that he had, he was as good as advertised. Gilbert Byrne hit him with shots that would have put people down. Look, there was three points in this part where Chemiyev went down. I do not believe there was an official takedown. I apologize. Knockdown for Burns. Three different times in the fight, Burns made contact, Tremaya dropped, right? If you guys didn't see the fight, you know how a fighter like dropped to his knee, but then he'll spring right back up. Like he'll, he'll just come down like a trampoline and bounce right back up. And then you go, ah, I, was that a knockdown or did he slip? Like I know he touched him, but ah, I think he, maybe he slipped three different times that happened in favor of Burns, but they weren't clear. Somebody keeps an official stat on this. I haven't gone and viewed it. I came here to visit with you guys. If we go look at that official stat, don't be surprised if it says zero knockdowns. It was just one of these weird moments, and it happened three times. That's very relevant because you don't know how to score that. If it's not a knockdown, you don't know how in the hell to score it. In these rounds we're so close that if there was a knockdown, Burns not only would have won the round, Burns would have won the fight. And the whole time you're thinking, what would Colby do? And you do come away with some conclusions. You do come away with Colby's probably not going to get taken down, possibly never. You do also come away that Chimaev has damn good hands. And by the, by the way, the point I was attempting to make when I said there was contact and Chemaev went down and sprung back up is how good Chemaev's chin is. Chimaev is as good as advertised, guys. He has never seen a second round. He just took on the number two ranked guy in the world and he won fair and square. Not only did he win fair and square, there was no tomfoolery. There was no he caught him. There was no Hail Mary punch that happened to land. There was nothing like this. It was a straight up brawl. And Jemayev was bouncing around enjoying it. There's a number of fighters who have come through. Some of them as red hot as Jemayev. That understood Aggression. They understood how to punch and kick their opponent, and they were athletic enough, and they were fast enough, and they looked good enough that they captivated your imaginations. But that's not fighting. That's aggression. Fighting is when the person does it back to you. Now how do you respond? Now where's your heart? Now what kind of character and preparation do you have? Chamiyev passed. Chamiyev was as good as advertised. You underestimated Gilbert. We all saw that. There's nothing else that we saw. And let's just tell the story accurately. Because Chemaev is apparently going to go into a fight with Colby. Which just by proxy makes Blahal versus Luke the number one contenders fight. So we've got a number one contenders fight to look forward to. We have a massive fight between what will now be number two versus number one. Massive network for that. And we also have some marching orders for Kamaru Uzman. What do we do with Burns? Turned out we disrespected him, and it turned out that we underappreciated him, didn't we? So what do we do for him? We can make that right. Let's make sure that what's next for Burns is something very big. Look, if you need a stand-in fight for Colby versus Chemaev, and that comes with some media and a little bit of participation to say thank you, let's give that to Burns. If you need a stand-in fight for Kamar Usman's next match, what do they call it, the guy in the batter's box, let's give that to Burns. Let's find something to get Burns. Let's make sure we keep Gilbert in main event or better. Right? Let's make sure that we get to co main event or better. Let's make sure we do a very good job. It was an awesome fight. I just don't want anybody to miss what happened. We saw everything. We did not just see aggression, we saw fighting. Hosma Chemayev is as tough as we were told. He is skilled as we were told. He is as good on his feet as he is at the in-between. And you got to look for it. But there was high-level submission techniques done by Gilbert tonight. There was an arm bar where everything was right and Gilbert swung forward and Chemaev pulled back. I don't want you to miss that because Chemayev did show us a lot But what looked like chaos if you were getting carried away, you could have missed these things. Both guys showed everything. 170 pounds is is very clear right now. Very clear what everybody's going to do. Colby versus Chimaev will be significantly different than what you saw tonight because now Chimaev will be booked for five rounds. All of this is tomorrow's problem. But we sure got something to look forward to. And we got a congratulations to give to Bihal versus Luque. And we got a champion, Kamar Uzman, who's getting his hand better. And now we'll get one step closer to knowing what's next for him. Look guys, 170 pounds was on display, not just the fighters tonight. This was awesome. It was remarkable. If you have a better word, a more complimentary word, tell me what it is and let's start using it. Jan versus Sterling. Guys, there are so many moving parts here. Look, the MRI community was very much behind. Aljo Sterling. And not because he's one of their own. No, please, excuse me. We spoke to Sterling. This was on something called Twitter. Space. There was over a thousand people there. And when we hung up, within two hours, the line on Sterling moved. I guarantee you it came from that call. And it's very relevant what Sterling's approach is. Sterling, at the time of the call, which was four days ago, was not aware that he was the world champion. There was nothing within his tone or his demeanor or his hunger or his drive towards this fight or his motivation to get victory that had to do with defend. Possibly that's because of the way the the first fight ended. Possibly because he's brand new to it and he never has defended before. But I believe that Aljo listens to you guys. Yeah, I do. Aljo's comment after the fight had to do with Vegas and the line on Vegas, and he told everybody to keep doubting Now, that's very interesting because the one thing that we loved about Aljo going into this fight was his approach. He was so hungry. He wanted to win this so bad. And guys that are defending don't have that same hunger. They have a motivation, but it's different. Which is why MRI community was so excited and started to get very confident in Sterling. I'm advising Sterling's team, Coach Longo, who doesn't need Shale's advice, but Al, the entire team, keep this guy humble. Keep this guy grounded. Don't let him go reek, because see, the press clippings are going to be beautiful for Aljo. You're going to have everybody coming out like I'm doing and doting on him. Apparently, he does better in the opposite position. Look, this was the kind of fight this sport is very unique, and I've shared this with you guys, and I lose you, you go, eh, chill, what are you talking about? But I have other fighters come in and go, Chael, you said that so well. This sport is unique, and that the more that you do it, you don't get better at it, you get worse. You don't pick something up through the experience and the hard battles. You leave a piece of yourself in there. Well, not always. Th- that's not always a fair statement. If you go five rounds like Aljo went tonight... Those are the kind of five rounds where guys go the next two years undefeated. Oh, and by the way, don't ever lose a round. Aljo did not have to lose a round tonight. Aljo started doing math. Aljo realized he was up three to nil, and now I don't have to beat this guy. I just got to run out the clock. I'm not sure that Aljo lost a position that he did not elect to lose. Those takedowns that you saw are not technically takedowns. I agree that they should be. Aljo would agree that they should be. However, within the sport of MMA, when you're the one that caused the position that put yourself there, Jan did not actually have takedowns. And I bring that to you because even though he was on top, and even though Sterling was take take round four, take round five, not even trying, just don't clip me and put me down. They were still closer than maybe what you saw, because Jan didn't do a whole lot with that position. Sterling let him circle behind. He caught the arm. He caught his breath. Everything was going to plan. Now, he had one very big calculated risk turned out to pay off that he did, in fact, win the first three rounds. I saw it. You saw it. Nobody disagrees with this call. But did he? Did he Is that what the judges marked? And did the judges turn that in? Yes. The answer ended up being yes. That's a risky game. But also took extremely little damage. There is no part of me that believes that was the best Sterling. Sterling told us again to go back to this call. He said, guys, that was my absolute worst night. There's a reason I ran out of energy. I know what it is. It had to do with the weight cut and uh, replenishment. I had no energy. I would destroy that version of myself. Now, those words have been spoken before. We don't go bet on a guy or start believing in a guy because he makes statements. That's what fighters do. They make statements. It was a tone. It was a very matter-of-fact tone of identifying the same problem that we all saw, talking about what caused it, and assuring us that he had cured it. And he did. He did not get tired tonight in the least. And this was a way harder fight than the first one. Way harder. From both guys. I am not convinced that was the best Sterling. It is fights like tonight that give him that confidence, that give him that boost. Now it's all a matter of what he does with it. Can he stay in the gym? Can he stay blissful? Can he keep doing this? Does he keep looking at this like contendership? Does he stay hungry? We don't know, and quite frankly, neither is he. It's a unique spot, guys. I'd love to tell you what it was like being a world champion and going out there defending it many times. We don't really, we don't always get that. We guess what would we do in that spot, and then we attempt to judge another guy. But this is the question that Aljo is now in. I'm just submitting for. I don't think he was at his best. I watched him give two rounds away. Watched him. Champion of the world gave two rounds away. How damn good is this guy? What could have he done if he didn't want to? He's getting takedowns. By the way, Aljo on the back of Peter Jan is the finest work we've ever seen in that position in the history of MMA. Are you ready for that? And you could submit one argument, which would be to juxtapose it to multiple performances by Damian May in that same position. You do not have a number three. Taking the back and maintaining that control, as flawlessly as he did, adjusting, almost going to mount, going back to the side hips, going back all the way to the body triangle, is the best... That has ever been displayed in the sport of mixed martial arts by Aljo tonight. If you wanted to argue, you could bring Damien Maya. I underappreciated, and I think I speak for all of us, when Aljo did that to Corey Sandhagen. I didn't get. I th- I told Hella to he get Sandhagen. Sorry, Corey. Oh, you an apology. I thought Corey had a deficit in that position. Aljo made it look so easy. He made it look so dominant. I held it against Corey instead of, geez, Al. Remarkable. How are you so good in that spot? What are you feeling? How are you staying so calm? I cannot criticize one thing that Peter Yan did tonight. Look, they set that octagon up in 1993 trying to establish what positions work regardless of what the atmosphere, regardless of the skills and knowledge that your opponent has. That's why they set that damn thing up. The only thing that goes back to 1993 that worked then and worked now is getting on top of a guy and keeping them there against his will. That is the only skill that existed from Hoyce's time, through Coleman's time, passed it on to Chuck Liddell's time, came through Khabib's time, and now lives in Sterling time. That is the one and only technique. Sterling's ability to get on top, I think he's faster than he used to be. And I'm telling you, as great as he looked, that's his hardest fights in the rear view. Now, as long as he approaches them the same, where in the hell is TJ Dillashaw, right? I mean, you got some questions. There's going to be some lifting left to do. Dominic Cruz, quite frankly, matches up very interesting. Is Henry Cejudo coming back? I mean, there's all sorts of things for Aljo to do. I'm not certain that anything's going to be harder than what he just did and I'm not certain he was at his best. I'm really not. I think you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that Sterling was at his best when we all agree he gave two rounds away of a five-round fight. If he wanted to win all five, could have he won all five? Eh, That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah. And Jan did everything right. Yon was fast, Yon was hungry, Yon came up at absolutely zero positions, Yon changed strategy from rounds one to round four, Yon was making adjustments. Sterling was that damn good. Tonight, Aljo, is your night. All right, Zombie versus Volkanovski. Guys, much bigger than the fight is what was it like to be in Volkanovsky's shoes? Because I will submit for you, this was going to be from a mental challenge, one of the biggest that Volkanovsky's ever had, and it's going to be very hard to duplicate. For Volkanovsky to go out there and be as dominant as he was, make sure you understand, that's the physicality. I mean, that guy's a physical guy. He used to weigh 96 kilograms, used to do pro rugby even come close to losing a fight before. Not even close. I believe the official rankings have him number two in the world with Kamara on top. That's changed a couple of times where they put him as low as four. He's on the cusp of being the greatest featherweight to have ever done it. If he's not real careful, and I mean real quick, in the next fight, two at the most, he is going to be recognized as the greatest featherweight to have ever done it look at what he was up against. Think about this from his perspective. You're a seven to one favorite. No matter what you do tonight, you're not going to get a pat on the back. The number one reason a fighter fights is not for that belt. Number two is not for the money. It's for a pat on the back. These grown men that you're watching on TV were little boys at one time when they walked in the practice room and they would do some crazy stuff in one day to have a coach pat them on the back on their way out the door and they would come back tomorrow to get that same pat. He's given that up. You're a seven-to-one favorite. You're not getting that. Anything that goes wrong in that fight, you lose one sequence. You lose one exchange. You get lit up on your feet and you got to force it into a takedown. Even if you win the round, that is what's going to be remembered. Hard spot. Fair enough. Champion of the world. Things like this are going to happen. But a seven-to-one favorite over a replacement fighter. Hard spot to be in now. You're the biggest fight of the night, and you're not the most sought-after fight. Hard spot to be in, and that doesn't take anything away from Volkanovsky. Just Volkanovsky and Max is the one where we promise promised something happened. It didn't come through. I mean, it's just the reality. You insert Jumayev and Burns, and all of a sudden, you get passed up. You're the final guy to walk through the curtain, which by proxy says you must be the most popular. And your reception is not as loud as a guy who fought two fights before. You plan to go on and put on a show. You still have aspirations of being fight of the night. But the fight that was two fights before that you were in the back and you watched on the monitor is the greatest fight that you've ever seen. What do you do? What is your motivation? And guys go out there all the time. Every upset in combat sports history felt like what Volkanovski was walking into tonight, and I mean all of them. But it's not the opponent in this case, Korean Zombie, that needs to overperform or fight outside of his gloves. It's the champion in this case, Volkanovski, has to lower himself. And every upset that you've ever seen, that's what happened. Because they were such a big favorite. Because they were an underdog. Because they thought, this is the chance to show off my new set of skills. This is the chance to have my hands down and show my chin as I roll my shoulders because I saw Roy Jones do that back when I was a sophomore in high school. It's very real. Not teasing people. This is what happens. It's very tough. Volkanovsky, we all know, is as tough as an old leather boot. We know that physically. But these mental challenges come up all the time, and you get confronted with something different. When you have something different, oftentimes you do something different. I really want you guys to appreciate this. I don't want him to not get his pat on the back. I don't want him not told good job. I don't know how you move the son of bitch in the rankings. I don't know how you put, you put a guy higher than champion. I don't know. But something special happened for us tonight. And this was a speed issue, guys. You take a guy that was 96 kilograms, you cut him down to 145 pounds, you're probably going to expect some strength. Sure. Were you guys surprised by the speed? Never thought of Volkanovski as slow. But you don't get a muscle shark that gets to be the fastest guy in the room as well. Like the magic wand that gets waved over you at birth known as DNA. nobody gets both. You're going to be the strongest guy, and you're going to be the fastest guy. It was remarkable how quick it was, And that was a big problem for the zombie. If you're reactive, if your speed is not quick enough to protect you defensively, you're screwed in the offense don't even bring that up. If you're not quick, when he's got to come and extend, and he's got to show you something before he goes, and all you have to do is barely move, and it's not fast enough, you're not going to go out and touch this guy. It's just a very tough spot, and Zombie did what Zombie does, which is he looked tougher in hell. He took shots that none of the rest of us could have taken. He walked through them, and he tried to win, Zombie's way out of this fight was not the conclusion of the fight. His way out of the fight was with 10 seconds left in the previous round when he was on bottom. And instead of staying there or covering or throwing in the towel, having your tag team partner known as the referee step in and call this a TKO, he starts rolling. He starts looking for sweeps. He he kept trying to survive. He represented himself very well. There was a, a difference in athlete. And what do you do with somebody as good as Volkanovsky? Look, you've really got one option in all fairness, as I see it, which is you go back to Max. Now, that can change very quickly. The landscape changes very quickly. But after seeing what we saw, there is now a responsibility in booking the son of a bitch. You can't just put him in there with someone, even if it's the number three guy in the world, even if it's the number six guy in the world. Straight up badasses. You can't do it. It's irresponsible. He'll hurt them. The Korean Zombie, the number one contender, is in an emergency room right now. I mean, in all fairness, it gets real serious at some point. That is where Volkanovsky's skills are at, guys. Volkanovsky is at that John Jones-esque in terms of dominance. John Jones, if you put him in there with a top 10 guy and think that's good enough, we'll send him to the emergency room. It's very bad, right? I mean, this is tough stuff, but this is how good that he looked. I can't see anybody but Max. You can change my mind. That's up to you, boys. Cater can make an argument and ain't afraid of anybody. That's between them. I'm just not seeing it right now. As we start to look forward, it looks like the marching orders are very clear. It looks like you better get Max better. You better send him to training camp and see what goes out and happens. Because Volkanovsky was up against it tonight. Physically, he's already passed the test. Mentally, this was a unique challenge. It was a very unique challenge. And a very dominant performance on a placement of the card. It's very hard to follow an act like what Shemayev did. It's very hard. It's very hard to follow a world title fight that was as close as Jean and Sterling. It's very hard. It's just a reality. Guys, he passed this test with flying colors. He at a minimum gets a pat on the back. So Alexander Volkanovski's next move is a story that I'll be following very closely in the coming months. I'll talk to you about that next, but first I want to tell you about today's sponsor. Guys, it's starting to warm up now, and we've even hit the spring season. The last thing my wife and I want to do is spend time in a grocery store waiting in line just to come home and cook in the kitchen all night. We're gonna start leaving our meals up to Factor. Factor makes it easy for our family to eat clean, 24 seven with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious, you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves our family time by delivering chef crafted meals right to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. Guys, there's no dishes, so there's no dishes to wash. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so you don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals and nutritious ingredients. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to get bored. Factor even knows our preferences. They offer vegan and vegetarian meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. Guys, here's what you do. Head to go.factor75.com slash chale120. Use the promo code chale120. That's going to get you $120 off your order. That's code CHAIL120 at go.factor75.com slash CHAIL120 for $120 off your entire order. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet NBA hoops with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day in the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if the same game parlay doesn't hit. Guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code CHAIL. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code CHAIL at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Volkanovski. Oh my, what do you do, right? I'm the guy that you guys would come to. If you needed any PR or marketing work, and you could get on the phone with the biggest firm in the world, or you could get on the phone with 30 Minutes with Chael, you would choose Chael. I am the best of the best the experts paid for this come to me. For good reason. I understand I have a skill in it. I get it. I follow the sport. Okay. I don't have the solution to Volkanovsky. All I've got is a whole pile of here's what he's doing and it's not working. I got a whole pile of that. Now I'm talking about building a star. People don't know what a Volkanovsky is. It's like when Arnold Schwarzenegger came to America, he would not let his last name go of Schwarzenegger. He was proud of it. He wanted to represent it. And everybody who was anybody, he had no money. He had nowhere to live. He had no connections in this business, but he would refuse to do that and say, listen, first off, you're an Austrian with an accent. That's not going to get on TV or film over here. And second, even if you were to make it through the grace of God, they can't put Schwarzenegger on a billboard. You simply cannot be a marquee guy. You got too many syllables in your last name. That might sound simple, guys. The biggest stars out there have changed their name for that very reason. Just something that rolls off the tongue easier. I bring that to you because Volkanovsky isn't easy. Okay, now, we're certainly not going to fault him for that. I'm just going to bring it up. Now, if you have a Volkanovsky and anybody in the world happens to know what a Volkanovsky is, could they pick a Volkanovsky out of a room? no. Could fight fans pick a Volkanovski out of the room? Um, a lot of them. But no, not an absolute. Not an absolute. Not the most recognizable guy. So now you have a guy who isn't completely recognizable, which is the absolute only thing against him because his skills are off the charts and he changes his appearance by shaving his head. Do you know how frustrating you would be if you were the executive producer of a television show and that happened? Think of anybody, guys. Absolutely anybody. Think of your favorite actor. Think of him. Barbra Streisand, Susan Sarandon, Ed Norton, Mark Wahlberg, Denzel Washington. I mean, think of your best, the best of the best, the Gary Oldman's, the Daniel Day-Lewis's of the world, the absolute best of the best. Let's say you hire them. Let's say you paid them. Let's say you gave them their quote, which was $20 million, and they show up on their very first day, and they got a beard coming down like Duck Dynasty, and they shaved their head. Do you know how pissed off you were going to be as a director? If my job is to go out there and put a face to this, you don't know anything about the script, you don't know the cinematography, you don't know if we did a good job, you don't even know what our budget is. I got one face to, to attach to my product, I paid full rate for him, and he showed up looking like somebody else. That movie would not start. They would send everybody home, have him shave the beard, and call me in three months when your hair grows back. It's a very real thing when I bring up this point, when a guy whose biggest problem is that people don't know who he is in a star-driven business, and he changes what he looks like, okay, let's just accept it. What are you going to start grooming a guy? You're tell a guy with a, a long last name that his last name's no good? No, of course not. You're going to tell him that he can't get a hit? No, of course not. You're going to deal with it. Because we have something bigger in this sport, which is, what do you represent? So now you have a guy representing Australia, draped in a Australian flag, shouting out to all the Aussies, who's representing New Zealand. He's part of city kickboxing, who is in the rival country to his own country. And you go, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit confused here. I'm just confused. I can work with it. But I don't know what it is we're branding. So are we branding great skills at 145 pounds? Okay, nobody's ever been able to do that themselves. However, on occasion, you can brand a great fight at 145 pounds. So who are we going to fight? Volcano- it sounds like I just gave Volkanovsky a hard time. Not in the least. Not in the least. I'm seeing a guy here who is a star like no other. I'm seeing Michael Jordan-esque talent. Two fighters in history have been able to draw on their own regardless of who their opponent was. Their skills were not as good as Volkanovski's. That's how good he is, guys. He's not losing fights. He's not losing rounds. He's not asking. He's not losing moments. He just took on a guy called a zombie. Zombie earned that moniker and gets to be called zombie because he can walk through anything. He couldn't walk through Volkanovski. This is a whole nother level that you're dealing with here. So you're going to close out the show. You're going to be the main event of a card that you were the third most popular fight. And make no mistake, it's not an insult to anybody. There was four athletes that competed after Chimaev. Everybody that bought a ticket and came there came to see Chimaev. It's just one of these really hard spots that you're in. But you're going to do it with an Australian flag representing kickboxing out of New Zealand with a haircut that you've never had before. Against, I mean, you see where stuff just starts to get tough? Like, how are we marketing this and how are we branded? Okay, great. He's not going to be the Michael Jordan that gets to live on his own, so let's get him another partner. Well, who are we going to put in there with him? There's only one guy alive that could captivate the imagination that he could be able to beat him. That's Max. How many times do we have them fight? I do think we're going to see Mac Volkanovsky part three. I do think that we should see part three. But I would not be remiss to ask you the same question all you guys want to know, which is where does a win get you? Where does a loss take you? Because it would seem as though if Max wins... He then has to give Volk the fourth fight. And if Max wins again, then you got to go to the tiebreaker of part five. I mean, I'm bringing up a very fair question. How many times are we going to have those guys fight? Some fights just make sense. Some fights you just have to do. That fight makes sense. You have to do that fight. But what do we do next? And now you start to see where it gets a little bit tough on Volkanovsky. Now, Volkanovsky doesn't think that I'm wrong. It never dawned on him until he he just heard me say it, that he's rapping in Australia while representing New Zealand. He's he's never thought about people know who I am with a short haircut. He's now a little bit pissed off that I said it, but he's seen that I'm right. So he's willing to put his rod out there. He's been dangling his rod in this water for a little while. As recently as two weeks ago when he's got a fight coming up against Zombie, which was not the fight promised, and it's not even the most looked after fight on the card, right? He's supposed to put everything into this fight. He went a totally different direction, which is to call out Conor McGregor. I don't blame him. He has got to start trying some stuff. If Volkanovski gets so damn good because he is approaching Jose Aldo territory, I believe he's past it. I believe Volkanovski to be the greatest 145-pounder the world's ever seen. I believe Volkanovski to be the second-best fighter the world has right now. Second only to Kamar Usman, who's in conversations going head-to-head with George St. Pierre for the best ever. I mean, it's a really hard time to be the best fighter in the world, and he's currently ranked number two. In what I believe to be the hardest weight class of 145, you could have that argument between 55, but you couldn't go any further than that. I mean, I think it's an incredible feat what he's done. Not to mention fighting a guy who he's a 7-1 to one favorite over, so there's no upside to this. And he puts that guy, in this case Korean Zombie, into an experience and environment unlike any other. Volkanovsky just turned the heat all the way up. That's all he did. How long can you stay in this heat before you catch fire? Okay, boom. The fire's caught. Stop the fight. That's what happened. Going into the uh, fourth and final frame, I'm sure you guys saw this, but if you did it, I want to make sure that you're aware of it. Volkanovsky says to Zombie when they meet in the middle, he said, you want to do this? And Zombie said, yeah. And Volkanovsky didn't accept it on his face. And he said, are you sure? And Zombie said, yeah. That is is one of the more compelling things I've ever seen my time in this industry, that was a man who was completely in control of his environment, period. Seven to one favorite. All the energy from the crowd was sucked out two fights ago. He's got to go out and take care of this just so we can get on to what's next. No opponent waiting for him unless Max and Max, I mean, it's one of these things that a lot of people would have crumbled under. Not only did Volk not crumble, Volk didn't flinch. Not only did Volk not flinch, it might have been his best performance. If I'm going to let you pick from a body of work of Volkanovski, and I tell you, now here's the bad news, I'm going to insert you as one of these opponents. I'm going to insert you over Volkanovski's career as one of his opponents, and you're going to have to go through that. The one that you don't want to be is the one that Volkanovski just did. That That was the worst beating he put on anybody. It was very appropriate that he said to him, do you want to go? And did not accept the answer. And only as a means to justify what he knew he was going to have to do to complete his job under the terms that he agreed to, he made him say it a second time. Are you sure? This wasn't tough talk. This wasn't a threat. This wasn't meant for anybody to be here. This was one sportsman to another, one opponent to another. It's a very incredible moment. Volkanovsky has star written all over him he just has long path. Chuck Liddell got over to where kids were finally uh, uh, putting mohawks and handlebars on and going out as the Iceman for Halloween. No fighter had ever been, two fighters in history, Rampage Jackson because you could get the chain and Chuck Liddell because you could do the hair, are the only fighters that anybody has ever dressed up for as Halloween. I think that proves my point. Chuck was over. Chuck was the most recognizable fighter on the planet. He was that same guy for five, four years until he got there, and he was just a weird adult that had a mohawk. right? Like, it's not cool till its it is. It doesn't work until it does. Volkanovsky will get there. Volkanovsky is the guy. This is remarkable how good he is, and he's getting better. I just think that what Volk said two weeks ago when he started looking at Conor, I think he's going in the right direction. He's going to have to get the hell out of 145 pounds if he wants to truly be the main event. We can keep walking him out last, but he's not going to be on a card that sells, sells out an arena. It's just not. just too many things against it. Most primarily is the opponent. Not because those guys aren't great, because Volk has done such a body of work that he can't make us believe that we don't know the outcome to the fight, which is where switching weight classes comes in handy. What do you do with a guy? That, how do you switch a guy weight classes? So you got to leave this belt behind. Are we doing championship? Does everybody just get to do the champ champ thing, right? It starts to get weird. It starts to get hard to do. Now, new blood can rise up very quickly. A new 45-pounder can come up very quickly. and We're having a totally different conversation. I'm speaking to the pieces that we have on the board right now, the information that's in front of us. Volkanovsky just put out what's probably going to be his worst fight, just because he won't be in a worse atmosphere. He just won't. Seven to one favorite, last minute replacement, not the fanciest guy in the building, nowhere to go. It's a tough environment. He won 20 minutes of a 20 minute fight. He put uh, one of the great beatings on an athlete who we all respect. He made an athlete that we all respect quit fighting. The guy got a nickname because the guy never quits fighting. We got the skills, man. We got the work. We're going to need to now get the audience. We're going to have to figure out how to do that. And second, looking for an opponent. It's not time for Volkanovski to leave 145 behind. That's very premature. For Volkanovski, who started this, not me. Volkanovski started the conversation about taking on somebody at 155. That's interesting. Connor's not the guy. But the guy is out there. Volkanovski's put his, his rod into the pool. He's starting to see what's going to bite. But when I tell you how good Volkanovski is, Volkanovski is so good that he's a 45-pounder that just insulted 155 and not one of them stepped forward and said, I'm your guy. That's when you know how dominant you are. When you can attack a whole nother division and not one of them is willing to step forward and come see, say, come see me first. So volkanovsky has got a couple of problems. He's got a couple of conflicts he has to get through, but he's in a very good spot. I think that he's just the guy to do it. I'm trying to fast track him. I'm trying to get his popularity to meet his skills, which are currently the second best on earth. Does anybody disagree with me? close out today's show, I want to circle back to the welterweight division and Chimayev's win over Burns, which has me thinking about the 170-pound champion today. How do you guys think Kamar Usman's feeling today? You ever think of that? Usman was put in an extremely unideal position, which is he's got his hand done he already knows who his next opponent is, Leon, who you guys said it should be. Not Kamara said I want to f-. Kamara's already fought him. Kamara's already beat him. You guys said Leon's earned his way back and you must do this. And Kamara, listen, okay. That's what I'll do then. I'm assuming Usman would like parity, but I'm following the golden rule of life. Put myself in someone else's shoes. How would I want to be treated? I would rather have new guys than repeat guys. Usman says, okay, because you guys said, this is the guy. So Usman agrees to fight him. He gets his hand done. He's looking for a date. Everything's cool in the gang, And all of a sudden you get this young guy who's unproven and unranked, who hasn't been in a co-main event, main event, no championship rounds, forget about all that kind of stuff. And anywhere you go, this is who you get asked about. And then you get told, Kamara Usman gets told he's scared to fight Shemaya. It's a mess, guys. Adesanya got the exact same spot that Usman was in. Usman told the truth, which is, man, that guy he looks pretty exciting. Yes, I, I agree with you. I could see us together someday. There's nothing more that Usman can say. What he's going to say, take a spot away from Leon after you guys have made it crystal clear that you want, you've want you changed your mind, and Usman's supposed to change his mind right along with him. Mean, the one thing that you get is the champ is you don't have to have that fresh draw. And I can assure you Usman doesn't give a damn as much as you guys think he does because he's a wrestler. Usman would show up to a tournament every Saturday. They'd see the top six, but there's 30 guys in the bracket, and he knows full well those other 24 guys that are going to get thrown in at random can be better than one through six. They just didn't get recognized yet. So you're not going to intimidate a wrestler. You're not even going to hurt his feelings if he went out and fought and ended up losing. But the one thing you get is a champion, and that is what Kamara is. It's the only thing that you get is you don't have to take any, anybody brand new. Nobody's getting signed to an organization and gets to walk into a title fight. Nobody goes from unranked into a world title fight. And the only relevance to that is now you're going to see some footage on the guy. That's it. That is the one and only advantage that you get. Everything else is a disadvantage. Yes, you get to wear the crown, but you don't get anything for it in terms of an advantage. So for Kamaru Usman to say, get him some fights. That's right. That's what a champion gets. Adesanya dealt with the same thing. Adesanya also, much like Kamar, said, yeah, he looks pretty good. I'm going to worry about him when I have to worry about him. I'm just explaining to you that there's only one rule that's different for champions than everybody else. Number two-ranked guy guy could take on a guy that's not even signed to the organization. He could take him on next week. The guy gets a contract today. That's real. A champion can't. A champion gets to see the field. A champion gets to study. It's the one and only thing that he gets. But I only bring this to you because imagine me and Kamar Uzman. So Kamara wants all the money. He wants the recognition of being the GOAT, which is done by his peers, and he got it. He wants the World Championship, which means he gets main events, including at venues like Madison Square Garden, of which he just did. But then he has to come out here and demand for opinion as well. How dare you have an opinion that this 24-year-old Chechnyan fighter is better than me just because he's on a bit of a hot shirt? I mean, what's Kamara supposed to do? He's already listened to you guys. He already took you into account, and that's what Leon represents. What do you want him to do? Now, all of a sudden, you haven't done anything different. You're number one ranked pound for pound. You're grabbing all the money. You're headlining Madison Square Garden. You got the big, beautiful golden belt. And without doing anything different, people now realize, oh, geez, ma- turns out maybe you, maybe you are still the best, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe it is a little bit too much, a little bit too soon. Maybe this young guy has got something great and he could challenge you down the road. I'm just asking, how do you think Kamar Usman feels today? Because the reality is nothing has changed. Not one thing is different in Kamar's life. He didn't go get better. He didn't go get a new camp. He didn't start focusing more. He didn't start being more disciplined. Nothing has changed, but your perception did. So how would you feel if you're Kamar Usman? Now, Colby versus... Chamayev can only happen. This is for me. This is for me. So, I mean, there's no power attached to this. This is within my mind, but let me speak freely. That can only happen if it's a number one contenders fight. I don't know how you're going to get Colby, who's ranked number one. Everybody ranked number one gets to fight for a world championship except Colby Covington. So, what do you give that guy? You're going to put him in a main event. Now he's got to go 25 minutes. 25 minutes with Chimaev, Chimaev and, and Colby because of the way they fight. 25 minutes changes your life. 15 minutes is enough, but that's not the atmosphere. They're going to go in for 25 minutes. And I'm only asking you, what for what? For what? There's a point in your career where, because, to compete for nothing else. But when you start winning main events and you keep winning main events like Colby just did, you're the interim champion, you never lose, they take your belt away. You beat the BMF champion, but they don't ever put the strap around you. I mean, right, in all fairness, at some point, Colby is going to have to put his foot down. Go, I'll do it. I'm in. I'm your guy. So, number one contender's fight, and I need you to say it first, right? It's one of those situations, and we would all agree that that should be the number one contender's fight. We're going to have the number one ranked guy in the world who's Colby taking on the number two ranked guy in the world who's Chamaya. We're going to see Colby Covington, who's undefeated against anybody that's not named Kamar Uzman. We're going to see Hazma Chamayev who's undefeated against everybody, no matter what your name is. It's a hard match, and we're going to ask him to do it for 25 minutes. we got to give him something. And don't, don't try to meet me halfway here, guys. Don't try to meet me halfway here and say that if Chamayev wins, he gets to fight for a world title. I'm aware of that. If Colby wins, Colby gets to fight for that same world championship. It would seem, or I'm not sure that you're going to get Colby. Dominic Cruz did an interview. It's the single greatest interview Dominic Cruz has ever done. It was on Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. And Dominic, you must have caught him in some mood, but he dropped everything. You want to know the secrets of the business? You want to know how things work? Go listen to this interview because Dom just put it all out there. It's the greatest interview that Dominic Cruz has ever gotten. Because it was, you ask the question, I'm going to answer the question. But one thing that Dominic said is, look, you're both doing something. You've got your company, your personal brand, and it needs to be in line with what the organization wants to do. Now, don't ever tell the organization, no, this is Dominic Cruz talking, don't ever tell the organization no. Tell them yes. But then follow up and get a commitment, where does it take me if I win? If there's no plan, or there's not a strategy, or you don't believe it takes you anywhere, call me with a different idea. This was Dominic talking. Dominic said, you say yes. You take their advice, but you, you got to lock them in. Where does this go from here? So that's a very common thing. I bring that to you because it's fresh in my head, and that's coming from one of the greatest to have ever done it. He's got, he's got a seat at the table and his opinion matters, not to mention he's very intellectual with the sport, and this is how he did it. Okay, fine. I would imagine that, that Colby will say something like that. And I just don't know that, hey, we'll see... Is going to solve the problem if coming out of the other side of the media is if Chimaev wins, he fights for a world championship. I just think there's too much to ask there in a five-round situation where you're bringing your interim champion, you're bringing your BFF champion, you haven't put a belt around him at all, you're bringing your number one guy ranked in the world, everybody else ranked number one gets to fight for the world championship except him. I mean, what's he got to do? If he can never get a world championship fight, that's okay too, but let's tell him now. Let's just be real honest with Colby and tell him that now. You had your opportunities. As a matter of fact, you had it twice. You get to remain the number one contender. You get to remain a main event. And you can't go any higher than this until Kamar Usman either loses or retires. But we got to tell him now. And I don't think anybody who has told him. So we've got to do that or we've all got to agree. The number one guy in the world gets to fight for the world championship. Your interim champion gets to fight for a championship. Your now BMF champion gets to fight for a Everybody gets to do it in that. Uh, it's all the same guy. Your interim champion, your BMF champion, your number one guy in the world are all the same guy in Colby Covington. There has to be a path to get him back to a title fight. And you know what? My entire question to you guys, the entire premise is what is Kamar Usman thinking right now? I don't think Kamar Usman should ever have to entertain the Colby Covington topic again. I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that Colby should get a world title fight. Kamar Usman should not have to put the world title up against Colby again. You see how these, you see how those can't both be true? It's a weird situation. It's a unique situation. But I do believe if you were Kamar Usman and you know that you don't have the actual power to dismiss anybody. You can try, you could do that in the media, you could try to do what's best for you, but at the end of the day, you don't actually have that magic wand. But you do now have an opportunity to get rid of one of them. I got two problems. One's named Hosma and one's named Colby. I can't solve them both, but I can get rid of one of them. I can make them go against each other and whoever's left standing can come see me. That's probably a deal you're going to want to take. That's probably as good as it's going to get. 25 minutes with those two buffoons, and a kid, they're going to be different. It ain't going to be better when they come out of it. So Kamar would have a little bit of a bump there. He would now also get to see what it is he needs to see. He would be able to form his own game plan and his own strategy. The line's got Colby the, f- the favorite guys, but it, it's both It's both a negative 100. One, one was 120, one was 180, but this is dead even money. And that's a right, that's the correct line. What those two could go out and do to one another my goodness but that's not the topic the topic is how does kamar uzman feel about it and i think if i had to predict and guess based on the circumstance based on the situation and based on the idea that he would have the power to get rid of one of them as long as he agrees to take on to whichever one is still standing i think is a deal that kamar would be interested in taking all right, guys, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I suggest you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, search for your Welcome, and hit the big follow button. Coming up on Friday, I'm going to dive deeper into Jemaya. I'm going to dive deeper into Sterling. I'm going to give a better look at Volkanovski. And what's next for all of them? Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.